0: Hey, hey, what's up, Cowboys Nation? Welcome to the final post-draft recap from Vlogging the Boys. I'm here, I'm joined with Rabble Rouser and Tom Ryle. We will discuss the activities of day three as the Cowboys finished off their 2022 NFL Draft. So guys, start with you, Rabs. How are you feeling about what happened today?
1: I'm feeling pretty good. I think that day three, you know, they talk about it being a scouts draft that's uh, rather the scouts day in the draft. Um, and I feel like we got a sense of what our scouts priorities are. They drafted a bunch of guys who are um, really athletic players. Uh, many of them have some room to grow and need to grow before they can really probably realistically compete for a role. But um, there's a lot of upside in this group and I think when you, you know, when you're looking at day three picks, especially after round four, that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I, I must say there's a lot of players on here that I had to kind of like look for. Uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, they're upside guys. Tom, what is your initial feeling of, of the Cowboys picks for today? i
2: uh- I wound up liking them overall. I, I think they did a pretty good job. Obviously, this was a heavily needs-driven draft, no matter what they may say in Dallas, because everything that was taken was basically plug this hole, plug that hole. Uh, you know, let's get something lined up here because we don't have depth. So it was it was real interesting. There were a couple of things. One was the Cowboys continued what is a, a different trend of taking a couple of small school prospects which they had uh, just stayed away from for a long time and they they also got there it seemed every year they get them a real injury special and they got them one of those too so uh yeah i i it was it was kind of intriguing to see it was fun and it was kind of nice just from uh, you know my viewpoint of having the picks all come fairly quickly so we didn't have to sit there and just you know wait for that seventh round compensatory pick to come around
0: yeah yeah fifth round it was like rapid fire there it was lots of action so starting off with the cowboys first pick of today their fourth round pick uh, the, the cowboys selected tight end Jake Ferguson Rabs, so what is your thoughts on on Ferguson?
1: Uh, he's a Dalton Schultz starter kit, right? I, I think in I, I look at his game, and it reminds me an awful lot of Dalton Schultz's game when he came into Stanford. I think a lot of people um, had the same kind of reaction when, when Schultz was drafted. Who? What? what? Who's this guy? What? He's not athletic, blah, blah, blah. But they both come from very similar programs. I mean, if you really think about it, the two programs in college football right now that still have a kind of run heavy pro style running attack are Wisconsin and Stanford. They're like line up with two tight ends, try to mash you, do a lot of those sort of the same kind of like pro runs as opposed to RPOs and running from spread every time. And so um, when you think about it, tight ends from those two um those two programs are going to be the best prepared for tight end duties in the NFL. So it makes a lot of sense really, uh, you know, to, to sort of replace Dalton Schultz or at least to find another sort of junior Dalton Schultz, um, in a similar kind of program, similar kind of player, uh, I think, you know, give him a year or two to develop like they did with Schultz. And I think he can be a very similar kind of like inline wide t- tight end who's pretty good at receiving and pretty good at blocking, maybe not a dominant player in either category, but um, but is is capable of sowing the seeds of uncertainty in the defense when he lines up. They don't know. They're not going to know, oh, this is a run because he's in or this is a pass because he's in. I think that's really important to their scheme.
0: Right. No, that that's a good point, too. And that's one of the things a lot of these tight ends, you really kind of had one or the other, or you know, there's so many, right. you know, space tight ends or pass catchers, athletic guys, but they're just such liabilities as a blocker. And you know, of course, Kate Otten was my favorite, um, and of course, he went right away in the fourth round. So, but when you look at a player like Ferguson, I do think he offers you, you know, a well, he's a well-rounded player. You know, he's he's got strong hands, he's got a good sense of his surroundings. You know, he can make those catches. You know, his film is just littered with catches that he, you know. You know, good concentration catches and it, you know he, he is not only a willing but he's an effective blocker and and you know I just don't the Cowboys value that so in that regard I think he's a good fit I, I he was a guy I mocked to the Cowboys of course I did have him a little later but um you know, so I definitely think Ferguson is a good a good player for for Dallas Tom what you have any thoughts on Ferguson
2: Yeah, uh, he looks to be like a possession receiver kind of guy, which is sort of what the Cowboys like to use their tight end for, is that guy to, you know, move the sticks when they have to. Uh, He's not very fast. Uh, His blocking skills need work, but he has a lot of uh, dog in him. I saw someone describing him when when he's blocking. So I think the team has something to work there. He's, you know, Right now, you know, tight end two is kind of what you would want him to be competing for. Not going to challenge Dalton Schultz, but I think that McEwen and uh, Sprinkle need to watch over their shoulder a little bit because I think he could be coming to get uh, get their snaps a bit during the regular season. Yeah. Uh,
1: two two other things I'd like to add about Ferguson, if we could. One is he led Wisconsin in receptions last year and two um i saw someone talk about how he where he's particularly effective in the passing game is with uh, like boots and waggles and i think that when the cowboys were really humming last year their their running game was working and so that means that their play action and boot game was was really effective and um i think that's that's one of the things that they really want to kind of hold on to and so finding a tight end who's really good at that who's, who's good at selling that who's good at making it seem like a block and then peeling off and you know, finding a seam in a zone or, or getting to that second level um, like Schultz is, right? Schultz is really crafty in that way. So I think Ferguson brings something in, in sort of schematically consistent also.
0: Yeah, I, um, the only thing that I wonder about now, and I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this, with a player like Ferguson, he's, he's not like, a, okay, clear, clear cut, we have found our replacement for Dalton Schultz. But he also might be. So my question for you is, do you think this changes anything with the Cowboys' plan? Like, do you see Schultz working a long-term deal before the July 15th deadline? Or do you think they're just going to roll into next year and just kind of see, let the cards fall as they may? Uh, What are your, do you have any thoughts on, like, the future of tight end for the Cowboys?
2: I don't know that the I don't know what the team is planning on doing. Uh, they may be going into this uh, strictly from a you know play Dolphin Schultz on the tag and then see what we've got to move on. I would like them to try to see what they can work out for a you know like a three year deal with him. See what they can do with get the cap costs down and and also uh, just you know see how much that would cost. You know, unfortunately, tagging him, they kind of established a floor for his uh, price, so he's going. He would cost a bit, which is why I I kind of lean towards that he's going to play the tag out and be gone. But uh, I'm you know I'm not sure at all what the team is is thinking about here. I think the beautiful thing about this is
1: that. Drafting this guy gives you a year to figure out what he's got, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you've got it, you've got a good tight end one. You've got a couple candidates who, who can play some of the other tight end roles. They might not be as, they might not be as complete. You've got a kind of more receiving guy and you've got a kind of more blocking guy, but um, the, you know, the, the fact that you've got Schultz in house for a year uh, gives you a year of information on on um, on Ferguson to see what you want to do with Schultz. And if Ferguson's awesome, then I think that you let Schultz go. And if, if Ferguson's really struggling, then maybe you try to try to sign him or you pony up.
0: Right. Yep. That's. What they not, like, I mean, they're they're
1: not going to sign him during the year. Like that, we, we see we haven't seen that behavior much at all. Unless he's uh, he and his agent are willing to sign a below market deal, and I would be shocked if they were.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess they could see how he's going and, you know, what their the early impressions on him. But, so, yeah, so I guess we may not find nothing out by July 15th. And we'll just have to see what 2022 provides us before we get that question answered. So moving on to the Cowboys' first fifth round pick, they selected offensive tackle Matt Oletzko. Um not, not a player that I had heard of. Uh, does anybody have any? Brabs, what what is your initial impression with, with him?
1: I actually loved the pick. I did know some uh, about him because I I studied the um, offensive line pretty hard this year because I really felt like they were going to target offensive linemen. I really wanted to know who those sort of you know um, second and third day guys were going to be. And so I, when I was reading about him, I, I don't tend to watch any film. I just read the draft Knicks, who I trust, and um, and kind of a, you know, assemble a picture in my mind uh, based on what I read in what they say and so well w- w- let's go is one of those guys who as you're reading jump jumped off the page like this 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 the description of him jumped off the page and i was like oh this is really intriguing cat why is he why is he you know here in the stack and then it was clear it's because he went to a small small school there's some developmental things that he's going to need to do but um you know big guy tackle nfl you know ready body big strong dude pretty good feet very very athletic very athletic. Um, You know, one of the most athletic tackles drafted in the last decade, I think. And so there's a lot there and there's a lot there to work with. And, um, and so, uh, you know, when I saw his name coming through, I was like, yes, nice. Cause I, I I was, he was one of those guys who kind of stood out, you know, as a, as a really intriguing option late in the draft, when you're sifting through a bunch of like sort of big heavy footed guys who are, are not that athletic and not that interesting. And then you got this kid and I thought that was cool.
2: What about you Tom any thoughts on well, let's go i think he's uh they're looking at him as maybe a, a swing tackle in the short term and seeing if he can maybe be an heir uh when Tyron Smith retires uh you know definitely I think he is a pure tackle as opposed to uh Tyler Smith who was brought in to play guard so I think they were this was a, a double dip along the offensive line, but but helping both uh, both guard and tackle in the draft. So I was I was pretty happy to see him uh, get picked, and he is you know he's got the physical trait. That's one of the things we also saw was just a return to a desire for athleticism and uh, the the you know good combine numbers and stuff. Uh, so I think uh, I think he kind of fits that profile and uh you know he may he may be able to develop into something good because he is not only big but he's also fast yeah
0: yeah he moves well he's got good lean he's a smart guy and as mcclay said in the in the uh, post-strap presser uh you know he's a physical player he has that nasty side to him you know mm-hmm. so that kind of fits what they're what they're look for you know they had got josh ball last year so rabs do you from what you've learned from him do you what do you think could be the what's the highest expectation we could see from him uh this this year swing tackle
1: i don't think so well i mean maybe um maybe but i think i think if if tyron smith were to go down we'd probably be much more likely to, to see like uh you know the first rounder uh, pop out there. I, I I'm not sure what they're going to do at left tackle because I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but I think it was after the second day. The presser after the second day, Stephen Jones was talking about how they have um Josh Ball at right tackle. That he's a right tackle backup basically. So I I think last year they determined that he's not a, a left tackle right now for some reason. And so it does. It I think there's an open question about who's who would fill in at left tackle. I guess it would be this kid, but it also might be uh Tyler Smith. So um, I think was- the up- I think the upside down the road though is I mean small school guy good feet good athlete i think that i think the down the down the road possibility is something like doug free
0: hmm.
2: okay yeah and, well. and that that adds weight to the fact that they might want to be looking at him as the swing tackle yep. if tyron smith has a couple three more seasons in him uh if if they're seeing ball is limited to one side yeah i think that Kind of puts a shadow on Ball's future with the Cowboys because you're not going to want to hang on to two backup tackles if you can have one swing to cover. Yeah. One thing I will
0: say, too, though, I mean, even even if Ball is only a right tackle, he becomes the de facto swing tackle in the sense of if Steele gets hurt, he's your right tackle. And if Tyron gets hurt, then Steele is your left tackle. Right. Yeah. yeah, That's true. So they're still covered as long as Ball is a viable option so yeah it'd be interesting to see how this well let's go kid turns out it's definitely a fun name to say so uh you know I, I hope we get to use it in a in a fun manner so moving on to the next fifth round pick uh this is a guy actually uh so darren bland is who who they picked is he's the long corner we had you know has good speed uses his eyes well plays tough you know i basically mapped out these traits, and I wrote about this last week, and I mentioned it yesterday's recap, too, is I expect them to get a long corner like this, like Darren Bland. I wasn't expecting them to actually select Darren Bland, although he is their pre-draft visit, so I don't know why I wouldn't think that. But um, I used all his traits to kind of map out other guys. What is your thoughts on um, on the Cowboys' developmental corner here, Ravs? You, you like this pick?
1: I like it a lot. And, and I think uh, um, the Dan Quinn corner, I mean, we should have known, right? We, we, we saw uh, in Seattle and Atlanta, like the Dan Quinn corner. He likes a, he likes uh, long, aggressive corners who can play at the line of scrimmage and bump and stick and uh, are very physical in the run game, etc. And track the ball really well when it's in the air. And he, he does all those things. Um, and I think they're just going to keep drafting those guys and and let them compete and see who rises to the top. You know, so he's going to join Nation Wright as another t- sort of long long corner with ball skills and uh, you know a guy who's not afraid to get his nose in there. And of course, they've already got you know sort of Pro Bowl uh, level corner who can do that as well. So I I think it's you know you just add some you add some uh, some competition to that cornerback room. Uh, they lost they lost a corner uh, I think this off season. So you know you you replace it with a guy who has some upside.
0: What's your impression of, of Bland, Tom?
2: Uh, sounds to me that his position versatility is mentioned, which I'm mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that means is that means he can also play slot as well as uh, on the outside, or is he possible plays a little safety? I'm hoping it means he can work in the slot too.
0: If I remember correctly, I figured I don't think he's very twitched up. I uh, know that's one of the traits that I didn't didn't necessarily need to meet for me to come up my list so i don't know about his change of direction there with uh you know how how he would fit that um but you know you can you can cover up a lot of things when you have that combination of of length and speed and that's one of the things i think separates him from like a player like nation Wright. 'Cause because mm-hmm. right's not fast i mean He's got a he's got to really hit on his instincts and and close you know right away for him to to use that length, and uh, whereas you have a player like Bland that can I mean he's fast so you know that the combination of that speed and length is you know you could really uh, help help in the secondary.
1: And I, I was hearing some some people talk about the fact that Bland has been one of those late risers. There's been a lot of interest as, as teams have sort of, you know, been reviewing their boards and thinking more about players and that a lot of teams are are sort of, you know, been reconsidering or considering him and, and, you know, moving him up a little bit, or maybe the media is finally getting a hold of that, but uh, it feels like uh, he's a guy who's pretty generally well liked uh, in the scouting and evaluation community. So I like the pick. I really do.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, a lot of these picks, you know, even going back to the the previous days too, they're players that like nobody's really having issues with the players and the traits that they have. It's they're always like, well, you know, maybe that's might be a little too early, but outside of that, as far as the players themselves and when, what they can turn into, I mean, you have to like all the, you know, that part of it. So I I will say that if, if the Cowboys did do their homework, this is not going to be. This is going to be a good draft, uh,
2: but yeah, that's a good that's a good point, Danny. You, I haven't heard anyone that people have just moaned and griped about as we've seen in the past. These all seem to be players that it's plausible they could make the roster. Yeah, and so
0: moving on to the the next fifth rounder is this one's my favorite pick of, of the entire draft. Um, <laughs> you know, which is weird, which is odd because the it was a. Another LSU linebacker, which was my favorite pick of last year's draft. Obviously, I didn't have a good read for last year's draft because that shouldn't have been the case. But and even though he won't play this season or is not likely to play this season, I'm really excited about uh, Demon Clark. Uh, he was like one of the first linebackers that uh, jumped off at me when I started watching the watching the tape. Uh, how excited are you about Clark, uh, Rabs? You yay, nay, like the pick?
1: A strong yay. And I'm gonna make a prediction right now. Uh Damon Clark is going to be a better pro than Nicoby Dean. I love
0: love that prediction. I you know what? I I mentioned that in in during when we're doing our live streaming too. That what if it's the Cowboys, not the Eagles, that end up getting the um the red shirt you know discount on the linebacker and you know, but that is a, that's a bold prediction, Tom. Do you, is 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 Rabs? Is he just being optimistic there, or or what do you think?
2: No, I I mean I know that uh, our resident draft guy uh, Connor Livesey was just pumped. He just about fell over onto the floor when they, they uh, when the pick came through. He was so excited to see it happen. They may actually pull off with Clark what they thought they were doing with Jalen Smith. Uh, you know, get that injury guy who comes in and is, is uh, turns out to be a real stud at the next level. Um, and you know, Stephen Jones even did talk about the fact that he might be able to play this year. Although I will confess that Stephen Jones's lips were moving at the time, so you can take that for whatever you want. Uh, I do, I do, I do think he is going to be something when he does get on the field. Uh, and the Cowboys definitely needed some help at linebackers. So, uh, yeah, I really like this pick. It's a good spot if you're going to be looking for that injury special a heck of a lot better than doing it in the second round. I was so pleased to see them still taking a shot at that because it is a big swing, but not using one of your premium picks to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: How familiar are you guys with the uh, number 18 uh,
1: jersey tradition at LSU? Uh, you
0: know, what? I th- just a little bit i think it was uh was it Jab- jabril that that maybe me start to, did jabril wear 18 i think maybe
1: he did yeah
0: yeah I, i'm just partly familiar with it i mean
1: i'm not actually sure what the origin is but i do know that um every year um somebody's given the 18 jersey who sort of is a leader is a great player uh leader uh, you know in the huddle leader on in the weight room. All, right kind of guy and in, in all those ways loves football. And, and he was, he was given that number this year. So uh, I think that really speaks a lot to just the kind of guy he is. Uh, and frankly, the likelihood that he's going to have a good recovery. I mean, the, the dude is going to put in the work.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that's important too. When you look at, you know, their ability to come back from that is, do they have the mental, you know, the, the perseverance to do that. And, and he definitely, that seems like he has the tools <laughs> upstairs to, to put that together. Um, one of the things I, I particularly like about this pick is it just makes the Vander Esch signing that much wiser in the sense of, you know what, he's just going to bridge it. We're here. He's just here to, for, to buy us some time with a year. So now if you look at the Cowboys linebacker situation, you know, into the future, a year from now, I mean, they're going to know what they have with Drew Cox. Cox, um, you know, and they'll, they'll have Clark will be healthy. And then, of course, even if if things don't work out the way you want it to, you you still got that Micah guy, and I hear he's pretty good. So, so it, it just give I think the opportunity for the Cowboys to have a a completely remodeled linebacker group that's actually pretty good is you know not bad. I mean, they're I like their chances. So definitely love that pick, favorite pick, even though he I don't expect to see him this season. That's okay. I, I, I'm okay with that. So from my favorite pick to, if I'm being honest, my least favorite pick, and this is purely based on what my initial impressions, what I saw, how much time I spent looking at him, and just you know the just my first impression. And I'm not a fan of defensive tackle John Ridgeway. So what do you guys think? Uh,
2: Like this guy? I I kind of like the pick because they're talking about him as a nose tackle type, which the Cowboys have lacked someone effective for so long, and they don't know if Quentin Bohana is going to pan out at that. You know, he's, he's a you know, big guy. He's uh, almost 330 pounds. He's long, uh, very strong. And, you know, they, they said that he projects as a two-down uh, defensive tackle, so he's not going to help you a lot in the passing game. But the Cowboys have put a lot of investment into pass rush. It's good to see them trying to get someone who might just be that run stopper they've needed to, to hold down the fort on first and second down sometimes.
1: 100%. 100%. I, you, at this, if, if you think about what they want from that role, they're looking. At, we're looking at someone who's going to get maybe 18 to 22 snaps a game. Right. And they're almost all going to come on first and second down and they're and they're more likely to come on first and second down in, in, you know, either even or obvious rush situations. And so um, because of that and because of the sort of limitations of the role, you simply cannot invest like first or second day pick in that kind of guy. Right. So you have to keep kind of looking for that sort of stout run stuffing got two gapping guy guy who can take on a double team and not yield a lot of ground in on the third day and they're just going to keep looking until they find one you know bohana had some things he did well but he also gave up some ground and you know it's not like the the running uh the opponents had trouble running when he was in there um and one of the things i think we've we've talked about and a lot of other folks uh you know and, and our, our sort of Cowboys universe have talked about is, is the way that the defense kind of fell off in terms of its uh, defending the run when uh, Brent Urban went out. And this kid, this kid seems like a baby Urban to me. He's got a lot of the same kind of traits, right? Sort of big, stocky, country-strong, white dude. Um, similar size. He may even be bigger, frankly. He may even be bigger. Uh, you're not going to get a lot of athleticism, um, but he just you know he's, he's a street fighter. He's going to stick it in there, and you know we'll, we'll see. But he, he certainly has the, the size and the stoutness. To yeah. um to be to be an effective kind of interior anchor, uh, as part of a kind of rotation, and and that's you know what, what more can you ask from that pick,
0: right? No, then that's a good point. I mean, I know I, sometimes like you know I look at player like Travis Jones and you know or and I like the uh, Neil um, Neil Farrell Jr. I believe as you know you look at some other big guys that can play that that you know can maybe offer you a little more. But you're right when you're looking at a player that's going to just play that role, you know. You you don't want to make large investments in that, and and that's that's you know what's what they did. I mean Ridgeway at at this point, I mean you can't really complain about it. I I do. He just seemed like he really looked sluggish on tape, but you know I guess he he doesn't really need to go far, so I guess it's not right that <laughs> important. But yeah, if he if he comes in and, and and plays that that urban type role, then that that would be. That'd be great. I love the re-signing of Calvin Watkins. So, uh, Carlos Watkins. Sorry. Uh, So I think that's a very good um, filler for them. And of course, Bohana. I don't really know what to think with him. So now we have some competition there, and we can see um, if we can try to improve improve the one-tech spot because it's just been you know a tough tough spot for the Cowboys to really get a you know a good a good talent in in that area.
1: You know he's, he's this dude is 325 and it doesn't seem like there's much sloppy weight on him right he, like bohana well, has got a lot of sloppy weight on him i mean he was a much bigger guy obviously but um you know he's, he's a pretty stout well-built dude and, and when you talk about those other guys who we could have drafted earlier you say you get a little bit more from them but how much more do you really get i mean it's not like those guys are getting 10 sacks you know it's not like those guys are getting like relentless interior pressure all the time you what well, you're you might get an extra sack you might have a little bit better
0: a little bit better pass rush but is that really worth drafting them two rounds earlier no, you that's, know that's a fair point yeah i mean if you get the play, i don't know i mean if you can keep them in for more downs you know like obviously a player like jordan davis but, is going but be-
1: i guess my question is do you want to do you really want like you know um, one of those guys in there on third downs uh, I mean, obviously, you'd love a little bit more pass rush if a team passes on second and three, right? You'd love to have a guy who can who's not going to be a liability there. But, I mean, if, if your philosophy on the defensive line rotation is to is to in any passing situation, um, bring your bring your power ends in and put them at tackle, then yeah. then it makes no sense to, to look at, for a guy like this before round five, right?
2: No, nope. and I think I think as a situational role type player. I think he, he might turn out to surprise us a little bit. Yeah,
0: I bet you he's going to be, if he does anything right in, in camp, he's going to be a favorite, you know, a fan favorite real, real quick. I, I just have a funny feeling I could see that. So that brings us to our last pick for the Cowboys, their sixth round pick. They selected linebacker Devin Harper. What is you have any? What's your initial thoughts on Harper,
2: Rabs? Well, he he definitely. Oh, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. No, that's right, Tom. Please, go. Tom, go. I think he definitely was picked because they wanted to take a shot with Clark, because they still need immediate depth at linebacker, and so I think that's what Harper came in. Uh, he's a he's a guy that's good against the run. Uh, he's a pretty good blitzer. Uh, Not good enough dropping back in pass coverage. So, you know, again, this is might be, uh, you know, an early down linebacker for them, Uh, but they definitely needed to flesh out that linebacker room. And I think he helps since they can't really depend on Clark being there to start the season.
1: In the sixth round, especially if the, if your last pick is a sixth rounder, what you're really trying to do is get the guy who you don't think you can grab as a UDFA because mm-hmm. he's either going to get drafted or you think someone else is going to outbid you. So basically, they were after the fifth round. They were probably on the phones looking at the various guys they were they were targeting guys who probably still had like fifth fifth round cards on their board. And um, this guy, you know, when they could talk to his agent, it was like our, our phones blown up. So they were like, okay, let's let's spend a pick on this guy. I mean, it, it seemed pretty clear they were going to have to draft. A, at least one more linebacker for all the reasons that Tom just articulated, plus the fact that they needed to get more athletic at the bottom of their of their linebacker room. I think that they jettisoned Frank uh, Frank Gifford, Luke Gifford, and Francis Bernard because they they just weren't explosive enough. They weren't uh, they weren't fast. I think
2: they still got Gifford on the roster. Just oh, do they? So, yeah. yeah. So I so I, I but Bernard. I, I Bernard think, um, Bernard
1: was just too slow, and I think they needed. A, I think they they want to inject some more athleticism at that position, and so it's pretty clear they were going to get like a bottom of the roster special teams guy who yeah. had some who had a lot of. I mean, this guy's not going to see many defensive snaps. I mean, if he does, we're we're in trouble, right. we're really in trouble. Yeah, but he, he's the idea is can he be in year two um, a core special teamer, and he's got yeah. ath, he's got the athletic upside to play all those various. You know, punt coverage, he can get down, he can get down uh, field, you know, uh, the punt return team. I mean, all all, all those, there's a lot of different sort of mini skill sets that are involved in being a core special teamer. You have to be a very versatile athlete and he's a versatile athlete. So it fits the profile of what they, what they need from that, from that slot in that position.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, look at him. I mean, he, he just, it screams special teams. You know, he's a great downhill speed. Uh, His technique is nothing. I mean, there's a lot to work that he needs to work on, uh, you know, develop develop into a a, any type of playing time as a linebacker. But yeah, I mean, and I honestly don't know. You mentioned so Gifford's still around, Bernard's out. So when you look with um, Clark not available, I mean, we don't have much past to Cox, right? I mean, it's really uh, exactly. So they. It wouldn't surprise me to be honest if they tried to find if we saw some a free agent ad here and some someone who we could actually maybe a veteran where we could actually get some defensive depth from because that's the one area I can see that they're lacking and they certainly I don't we certainly can't put that on a player like Devin Harper to to fill that role. How like
2: many, Maybe Hitchens.
0: How many?
2: Like Hitchens, yeah that that
1: that's not that's not a bad that's not a bad. uh option how many roll how many uh what percentage of snaps did they actually have three linebackers on the field last year
0: no oh, that's great i mean that's a, with you with what's his name they were um jay curse back in the yeah. I mean, three resigned. he's your de facto you know third linebacker or whatever you know so yeah that's that's a good point so it's
2: i did i just want to see him I, I like the idea because i want to see them you know be able to feel Two linebackers, if they got Micah lined up pass rushing too. Yes. Uh, and and that they need to have like four or five pretty solid guys that are just straight linebackers to do that. And that's what I think that Harper helps them get there.
1: Yeah, I also I, I agree, but I also don't want to see Micah doing that more than definitely not more than a handful of snaps every game. And by that I really mean literally like five max, because I think he's a much more dangerous weapon from the second level. I think when you, when you line up your turbo package where you have like four defensive end types across the middle and you got Micah there and you don't know what the hell he's going to do. That's terrifying. And I I want to be terrifying.
0: No, I really think, you know, and as we start to kind of package all the, all these picks together. And I think that's one thing that they did accomplish is Micah is really, he's not, I mean, restricted to do any one thing with uh, some of the decisions they've made, I, I feel like Micah could, they could just cut cut Micah loose and do whatever. So what, as we just look at everything, all the picks together, what's, I mean, what would you say? I mean, good draft, bad draft. How, how good of a draft do you feel?
2: Um, how- I think it was a very solid draft because without, it wasn't spectacular because the Cowboys simply didn't have weren't in a position to make the spectacular picks like uh, we saw some other teams like the Eagles got to make, you know, uh, and the Giants, Giants, Jets. Had some, had some, had a cup, you know, the Giants were in a position where all they had to do was not screw it up. And for a change, they didn't screw it up. So uh, I, the Cowboys, I think with what they had to work with did a good, good job, uh, not outstanding but good workable i think they helped their team uh, quite a bit it was just kind of interesting because i was looking at the uh, you know the 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 tracker over at cbs which i was using because it's not as clunky as the one at the nfl.com and it was interesting how the grades went when you just went down it was the grades they gave them were a a minus b minus b minus b minus b b minus b-, 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 C, C C-plus, which is when you look at the position they were drafting in, that's almost exactly how you kind of expect the grades to line up. You know, you get A's in your first and second round. You get B's in the third through the fourth and then into the fifth and then, you know, have a couple of C's on the end. That's at least the perception of what they did kind of lined up with how they should have been performing at those particular points.
0: Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I, I never know what to think about grades. I mean, i have seen the Cowboys get good grades. I mean, I guess that makes me feel okay, but sometimes that never, that doesn't turn out to be a good thing. So, I mean, it's, it's really difficult to say, I mean, for me, I just, I step back and look at these players, I, there's, I look at it from two perspectives. First off, are, are, are these good players from what I saw and the players that I did evaluate and looked at? I, they just look like there's a lot of reaching happening. I'm, I mean, I will go on record saying I think Tyler Smith is one of the worst first round picks that they've made in a long time um, a, as far as how I felt after the draft. Now, obviously, there's a lot that can happen. And, um, you know, I'm 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 sure I'm going to be wrong, but that's just that's just where my mind's at. But then besides that, I also to try to take a look from the Cowboys' perspective. Obviously, all these, play, all these picks are players they love, and you look at their approach. You know, am I happy with the haul in that sense? And when I take a look at it that way, I feel a little better. Um, I know a lot of people will say, well, they're kind of forced themselves into this situation. I don't really think so, even though it, it does look like that. But I think it's more of a sense of they know that they looked at this draft, saw what they can get from it, saw the players they liked, and then made decisions accordingly and and because of that it just seems like it kind of falled like that. So overall, I mean, I'm I'm reluctant to give it any type of grade or anything, but I will say, just being honest, I'm not particularly pleased with it, but wasn't particularly pleased with last year, so for whatever that's worth. Rob, how
1: about you? Um, I think the fact that you're not pleased with it means you just a, you have a, you're a skeptical mind, which is a, a mark of intelligence. So I I applaud you. Yeah, okay, um, let's
0: go with that.
1: I uh, I feel like so a couple of things. One, I feel like there's sort of two drafts, right? There was the first four rounds in which they were very very clearly and obviously um, trying to plug holes that they went in with. I mean, I, you know, every time we and every all of, all the other people in Cowboys Draft Twitter were doing their um, you know, their mock simulators. I think we all went into those si- simulations with g- lead most of those four positions that they drafted in the first four rounds um, as, as as targets that we wanted to come away with the first four rounds with. Maybe in some other order, maybe a linebacker instead of a tight end or something like that. But for the most part, that was that was sort of what everybody was doing, at least that's everybody that I that I saw or, or when I did it myself. So, um, so I think that in some ways that speaks to what you were just talking about, Danny, because. Um, it does feel like they sort of reach for guys because they needed to, to fill a, a need at a position and there may have been better players on the board at that moment. At the same time, I think it's important to remember the Cowboys always um, try to draft at the positions where the, the draft is deepest and, and strongest. So, you know, we heard way, way, way back in like January, February, that this draft was really strong in the offensive line, really strong at wide receiver, you know, and so, uh, I don't know that, how much that had to do with the fact that Amari Cooper and um, Leo Collins both were jettisoned, but it 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 seems you know it seems to certainly be very much in alignment with with the way that they sort of formulated their offseason plan. Mm-hmm. And so, if we know they're going to target those positions, but we also know those positions are really deep, even if they even if they, they don't quote unquote get value because the position is so deep, they may be getting value if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Or at least uh, so I think that when you when you when you have that strategy, it's. It's a, it's a little bit of a frustrating and a maddening strategy to to watch in your favorite team. But at the same time, if what they're doing is picking up sort of, we're going to pick a, you know, a first round offensive lineman. Well, that, even if, even if all the, all, all the ones we, you know, that, that we think are highly, high, highly rated are gone. That sucks. But at the same time, if offensive line is a really strong, deep position, then I think that the likelihood is that that fourth guy is probably better than the fourth guy might be other years, et cetera. If that makes sense um so that so that's sort of point one i, I feel like they did that uh, rounds one through four and then five through s- five five and six basically they, they just said okay let's just go get some let's go get a bunch of athletes yeah. so the other thing i want to say about this draft is this was a scouts draft and they put it on the coaches because every single one of these guys needs to be coached yes. up every single one of these guys it either has to make a big leap in in level of competition. Um, Many of them have tremendous athletic upside, but need a lot of work on technique. Um, or, or there's just, you know, like there's, uh, like if we talk about like uh, Damon Clark, he just needs, uh, uh, you know, time in the NFL weight room and, and you know, with a rehab team. So there's a, there's a lot of pressure being put on this coaching staff to coach these guys up because none of these guys are really ready right now. Like there's not a there's not a, a quote unquote plug and play guy right now. Even even their first round pick, I, I wouldn't say he's a plug and play guy. And not, not not with his his, his um, hand technique right now, right? And so, um, you know, we heard all year that oh, the Cowboys had this terrible like terrible you know free agent uh, period that they're, they're relying on the draft. They're going to have to fill all the holes in the draft. And the Cowboys are like, nah, eh, we don't really feel like there's a lot of needs. We're not feeling that much, that level of urgency. And it, the the fact that they picked so many guys who need development. Makes me wonder if the
0: Cowboys' approach this offseason was really like we like our roster. Right? We feel pretty good. You know that is a good point. You know pe- people will say you know no, they dropped it for knee, but you're absolutely right. These guys are not stepping on the field and, right away. And lo- I mean, to be honest, if, if I were to put money on it, the guy who logs the most reps on week one is probably going to be Jalen Tolbert. Is my big you know best guess? They're, yeah, all these guys they need time, and so the Cowboys actually they are you know that's that they what they are saying is what they are meaning cuz they did not draft for knee they they have they have a lot of coaching up that that needs to happen for them. that's that's a great point i um you know i i hope that that works out for him because uh you know that's
1: they did draft for knee they did a really really bad job of it
0: yeah no yeah.
1: You know, I mean, if you're drafting for need, you know, in in some ways, then the expectation is you're going to do what they've done traditionally in in the Will McClay era, which is take guys from power five conferences who have, you know, multiple years starting, who who are not going to quote unquote wet their pants. And, um, and so they're much more likely to be able to step in. They've already experienced the pressure of 108,000 playing, you know, at Michigan, that kind of thing. And so they're used to, they're used to this level of, of, of intensity. And, um, that's not this group. That's not this group. This group may, may, probably has a lot more athletic upside, but um, it has. Uh, boy, they they're going to have to grow before they're going to realize it.
2: Yeah, yeah. The, and the you know, it's always foolish to grade a draft the day after it's done. Because oh, it's idiot, idiotic, idiotic you proposition. Have, Absolutely. You have, yeah, you have no idea how it's going to turn out. But to me, a draft is about potential, and the the way you just described it. Uh, Rabs with the uh, the coaches having to get these players ready for the next level. That's what they're dealing with. Is they've got potential here. Now they need to mold it into something usable, and see what kind of a roster they can construct. I will say that I still think that the Cowboys. You know, we just have to accept that the Cowboys are not going to have the apparently dominating roster that they started last season with. Uh, they're going to have to play smarter and harder this year, if they're going to continue, they're going to have success again. Uh, if you, you know, you count 12 and five as success. And if they have any hopes of getting uh, into the playoffs, it's going to to take some real work here. But uh, overall, I, I I feel satiated if that's, if you understand that. This is, they, they got done what I felt they had to get done. And I think they've given us some intriguing new talent. And now we just need to see how they, they pan out once they actually have to get out on the field.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, one other thing to add to that um, is that if you're going to draft so many guys who are developmental players where you feel like they're going to need to develop a relationship with their coach over a period of two years or more, perhaps even, that doesn't uh, it doesn't jibe very well with this sort of like, you know, uh, idea that McCarthy is it has one more year and then he's out and Sean Payton's coming in like yeah. I, I think you you draft this way because there's an expectation of longevity uh for your head coach for your coordinators for a lot of your other coaches as well because you're going to need that continuity for development's sake because if you've got a bunch of different coaches in, in each of these these guys first two or three years they're not going to develop because um you know, they need they need to be using the same techniques again and again and again to, to, to make them second nature to get better at them
0: yeah Yep, yeah, that's a good point I mean Tom they got what they they got done what they needed to get done and I, I mean mm-hmm. that's a good way to look at it. and you know what we have gotten done what we needed to get done through this uh, three days of draft discussion and live streaming and recapping um, but before we leave Tom, did you want to? We don't have all the list yet, but did you want to run down what we do know as far as the Cowboys' uh, free agent signings? We
2: we do have eleven names, uh, and they're get, get might get even updated even though I'm speaking. But right now, they have they are in the eighth round, which is the the undrafted free agent signings. Uh, here's what they we know so far. Uh, uh, a guy who was a 30 visit uh, safety Marquise Bell out of Florida A&M has signed. Uh, an edge rusher from the University of Central Florida named Big Cat Bryant, uh, guy who would you know would admire a guy who goes by his nickname. Uh, Georgia Tech safety Joanna Thomas, uh, USC cornerback Isaac Taylor Stewart. Uh, Indiana wide receiver Ty Fryfogle, local kid, Texas A&M Commerce offensive line, Eamon Simon, uh, maybe a little bit more uh, reinforcements for the uh, tackle group. Uh, they did sign a running back, but out of Harvard, a kid named Aaron Champlin, uh who I'd never heard of before. Hmm. Uh, center from Boston College named Alec Lindstrom. Uh, they did get a kicker uh, from Texas Tech, uh, Jonathan Garibay. I saw where uh, Dicker from Texas wound up, wound up going somewhere else. Right. Uh, Old Miss wide receiver Dontario Drummond, and another local kid, TCU safety LeKendrick VanZant. All right. Well, that's, that's what we have to date. I haven't seen anything new come up. There was one other name, but I'm not going to mention it because they were waiting to get some confirmation on it, and they haven't been able to confirm that that actually happened. So, All right. uh, Mike McCarthy said they expect to sign 19, so we know more than half the names.
0: So I, I like the I
1: like Lindstrom. I, I think he's uh, he's a draftable guy. So I think that I mean not draftable early, but
2: he's he's a draftable he's, guy. So c- I'm, center, I'm excited right? by that
0: center. Yeah, Boston College guy. Yeah,
1: yeah I think yeah, that's
2: and not a bad get. I was going to say when you combine that with the remarks that were made about Matt Farniok uh, pushing mm-hmm. uh, Tyler Biotish, uh Yeah, I think Mr. Biotish may be kind of on the bubble all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, you know it's funny. It's at the presser. They were asking, "Don't you think you drafted for need?" And then, and then Stephen Jones was like really short with him. No, I don't. And then, <laughs> and then later they're like uh, asking, "Well, how come you didn't draft a center?" You know, are you ha- are you happy with Biadish? And then and he even called him out on. It's like, see, we didn't draft for need. And then he act- and then he brought up Farniak. and uh, and we kind we talked about live stream too. Is you know that's he's in the mix as well. So now when you factor in Lindstrom and so, so yeah, I mean, the Cowboys have some competition it would be interesting to see that you guys have any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up?
2: Well, we're coming up on the quiet period. We'll have the OTAs and the mini camp. And then in July, uh, Oxnard rolls around again. So, won't be nearly as hectic, but we're going to try to keep people uh, informed about what's going on with uh, with what we post at the site, with uh, all of our uh, our various podcasts like this one, uh, and you know the live streaming that'll be going on. So everybody, stay tuned with us, at blogging the boys, and we'll we'll get you through the football season.
0: Yeah, should be good times. Don't forget, you can uh, listen to Tom. Every Thursday on Riled Up, you can follow him on Twitter at Tom B T B. Uh, you can listen to me and Rabs on the Star Seminar on Fridays. We'll be back to our regular schedule programming next week. Uh, you can follow Rabs on Twitter at RabbleRouser, spelled R A B B L E R O U S R, and I'm at Danny Phantom twenty four. Guys, thanks for hanging out. Um, you know, it's been a long and tiresome weekend you know the draft is a long thing and uh, now we can finally take a breath and uh i get to see my family again and uh (laughs) so thanks for hanging out everybody um stay safe stay true to the the silver and blue and well we will catch you guys later
1: last dismissed